Rebels and Romantics is going on the road. So sit back and enjoy while we visit some of our favorite places to shake up history together. London calling and hello, wonderful podcast listeners. I'm coming to you from Grace Church Street in London. Miss Bingley from Pride and Prejudice would be quite appalled, but I'm having a lovely time. So here we go. I've been here about a week and I wanted to share some of the things I've been able to do and discover. I spent the first day exploring the financial district where I'm staying. I try to stay in different areas whenever I get a chance to visit so I can get a feel for different parts of the city. I just love London so much and I want to get to know lots of it. Wandering around these busy streets full of businesses and shops, I could almost believe I was in New York City. But then I would look up and see the Shard and the Royal Exchange and I would know I am definitely in London. The Royal Exchange always reminds me of this wonderful exhibition we had at Folger Shakespeare Library while I was there. The exhibition was held back in 2012, and it had examined London's early modern history, like the fire and the plague and religion and the population explosion and commerce. All these areas are connected, along with the monarchy and parliament, and everything's interwoven with the arts. All of this made up London, and as she was discussing the way everything was interwoven, the curator commented that in considering these areas, all roads lead to the Royal Exchange. Last year, the Royal Exchange celebrated its 450th birthday. Thomas Gresham, who is sometimes called the father of English banking, modeled the exchange on the bourse in Antwerp, which was a financial exchange, and that's where Gresham had served as a royal agent. Queen Elizabeth I officially opened the institution in 1571, granting it its royal status and awarding it a title to sell alcohol and quality goods. Gresham expanded the exchange to provide room for retail businesses, effectively creating the first shopping mall. The original building was destroyed by the Great Fire of London in 1666. In fact, the building you visit today is the third royal exchange and was officially opened by Queen Victoria in 1844. It seems like it might be called the Queen's Exchange as it owes its royal title to these two queens. Now you can experience all kinds of shopping and eating and special events there. And speaking of eating and shopping, another nearby spot where I've been spending a bit of time is Leadenhall Market, which is practically right across the street from my hotel. The history of Leadenhall is even longer than that of the Royal Exchange, dating back to 1321. It was originally a meat, poultry, and game market, and it was in the center of Roman Lendimion, where their forum and the basilica were. Modern Bishopgate, Cheapside, and Leadenhall Street all follow the route of those Roman roads. That famous London mayor, Dick Whittington, acquired the building and gifted it to the City of London, and the City of London Corporation has been running it ever since. The market was rebuilt in the 19th century following the medieval street plants. The architecture is extraordinary. I just love wandering around. The city architect, Sir Horace Jones, used wrought iron and glass to create an arcade that welcomes visitors right to today. 
I pop in regularly, entranced by the Victorian roof and cobbled paths. City heraldry is celebrated throughout. Now, like the Royal Exchange, Leadenhall Market celebrated an anniversary last year. It's 700th. Seems like as good a reason as any to pop back in for some eating and shopping and looking around. Now, I'm here for research, so I've spent some wonderful hours at the British Library. One of the exciting things I was able to see is Anne Boleyn's copy of Tyndale's translation of the New Testament. There are stories of Anne supporting the English translation of scripture and other writings of Tyndale and of her sharing these with King Henry VIII. This encouraged Henry in his reform activities. So Tyndale was a really important figure in the Reformation and in those moments. And seeing Anne's actual copy of this book was really extraordinary. I've also seen several documents with the flowery, remarkable, and unmistakable signature of Elizabeth I. To see these documents that she actually signed herself always takes my breath away. I remember as a young person spending quite a bit of time perfecting my version of her signature, and I thought I was pretty good at it. But let me tell you, my efforts are nothing compared to the actual original. I've also spent some great time at the National Archives. It's a bit further outside of London, but well worth the trip. After getting off the underground, I walked through this really nice neighborhood and even met a friendly cat along the way. Then I was greeted by some swans gliding elegantly along the ponds of the archives. Once inside, I was immersed in history. One of my favorite things to see at the archives is the great seal of different monarchs. I was able to see a few of Elizabeth's seals, Elizabeth I's, attached to important state documents during her reign. I also saw a few examples of Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester's signature and seal, which really does give you a sense of the very important role he played at the royal court. After one of my days at the archives, I was lucky enough to be given a private walking tour by my friend Ian. He walked me around Trafalgar Square, where I spent some time with those famous lions and managed to avoid a protest going on at the National Gallery. Then we carried on down the mall to Buckingham Palace. It was really interesting to be walking along the route and through the area that I'd seen so often on television, especially this past year, first with all of the Jubilee celebrations, and then, sadly, recently with the Queen's funeral. Then we went off to Westminster. It was great. Ian knew right where to go. I didn't have to be getting out a map or trying to figure out where I was going. It was fabulous. We happily walked along and chatted, and we saw Big Ben. The scaffolding is down. It's been newly cleaned and renovated, and it really sparkles against the sky. It was just so exciting. And Parliament, which is also undergoing some renovation. I think that might take a while, but it was really exciting to see. Then, of course, Westminster Abbey, where we've seen so many things happening lately. Most recently, again, the Queen's funeral. But think about all the history that's taken place inside those walls. I got a moment to appreciate. We didn't go in. We just stood on the outside and looked. But I did stand outside the Henry VII Lady Chapel, which is just so beautiful. And I am going in next week. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, Westminster Abbey is just, just a really exciting place. Now, 
No trip to London for me would be complete without the Tower of London. It's one of the most popular tourist attractions in the whole country. And actually, it's been an attraction for visitors since at least Tudor times and possibly before. Now, I absolutely love the tower. As touristy and as crowded as it often is, I just love walking around and looking at the buildings. I just can't get enough of it. I managed to find a few new things every time as well as visiting favorite spots. I really love to go into St. John's Chapel. I love the Chapel of St. Peter Advincula. I love looking at the carved falcon in the Beecham Tower. So those are things I always visit. But I spent some time with the Bowyer Tower this this visit. Um, you can't go in and and part of it has fallen into disrepair and then been rebuilt. So much of it is more of a modern look. But the original foundation you can still see and in the 15th century, this is supposedly where George Duke of Clarence, the brother of two kings, it was at the time he was the brother of King Edward IV. His other brother, Richard, later became King Richard III. But anyway, George Duke of Clarence was likely executed in that tower. And of course, legend has it that he was drowned in a butt of Malmsey wine. So I had to see where maybe that happened. It was quite exciting. I did decide to go see the crown jewels, which are amazing. You you just really can't imagine um, the sparkle and the shine and and just how exciting it is to see them. I was lucky enough to go. I often try and do that early in my visit before the queue is too long. But of course, you know, you can't see them without remembering them being taken off the coffin of Queen Elizabeth during her committal ceremony right before the coffin was lowered in that very dramatic moment. And also thinking about the coronation of King Charles III. The date has been announced, May 6th. So as we prepare for that event, I thought it would be fun to, you know, definitely take a look at some of those jewels. Now, I'd heard that there might be sort of a a shortened or a slimmed down coronation ceremony, maybe not quite all of the pomp and circumstance of Queen Elizabeth's. So I spoke with one of the guides there to see what she had heard and if she had any details for me. She said they have not yet been briefed on any specifics regarding the coronation, but she had heard the same thing, that it might just be um, shortened a little bit. There have also been some suggestions that Charles would want to modify or maybe change some of the prayers or some of the scriptures or lessons to make it more inclusive of other faiths. Even though he is head of the Church of England, he wants to be more inclusive of other faiths. And so we may see some of that in the coronation ceremony as well. Of course, 
the main parts of the coronation ceremony, including the time that St. Edward's crown is placed on his head. And you can see St. Edward's crown when he is handed the orb and scepter. And of course, the anointing, all of those are essential and necessary parts of the ceremony. So we'll have to wait and see how Charles and Camilla, so we'll have a queen consort, which we haven't had for a while, um, crowned along with the king. So we'll have to see what happens with that. That should be very exciting. And I'm sure we're all looking forward to that. And speaking of the tower, in just a little more than an hour from right now when I'm speaking with you, I will be going back to the tower tonight for the Ceremony of the Keys, which has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years as the Tower of London is ceremoniously closed for the night. And I've been trying to get tickets to this event for a long time, and I am just thrilled. So I will have more details on that for you. Another place I've been really excited to visit that I always try and go is the Victoria and Albert Museum which has a collection that spans the century and goes from the sublime to the really fun. So I saw um, some just amazing and, and beautiful medieval sculpture and medieval art that was just breathtaking. I also saw some really fun Tudor items, including a bust of Henry VII that greets you just as you walk into that gallery. And I always am sort of taken aback to see him just sort of there staring at me. One of the fun things you can see in the Victorian Albert Museum is the Great Bed of Ware, which is not only amazing for its size, but for its what it tells us about the history of the time during the Elizabethan time as there was more stability. Things weren't easy for everybody by any means, but there was some stability in the country. Things were moving along. People were traveling. And it's thought that this great bed of wear was sort of a tourist attraction or a draw from pe for people to come stay in a particular inn. And the way it's set up at the museum, you can see the layers of bedding that you would have experienced in late Tudor times. And in a particularly, this is not just, just anybody would stay there. This is quite a fine bed with many layers of mattresses, but you can imagine what it would have been like to be there at that time. One of the really fun exhibitions I visited there was called Reimagining Musicals, and I saw outfits from Six. You know how much I love the musical Six, and Catherine of Aragon's outfit was there. Also, Elphaba from Wicked, and just costumes and set designs through the ages. It was just such great fun. Like I say, from the sublime to the just great fun. The Victoria and Albert Museum is also one of my very favorite places to grab a lunch or a tea or any kind of a snack because, you know, even though you go with your tray and you pick out your food and carry it to your seat, when you look around, they have the lunchroom or the eating room and some of their just exquisitely beautiful space. And I always love to go there to eat. And I learned that the Victoria and Albert Museum actually had the first 
cafe or coffee shop or eating area in a museum. So what a great trend it started. So those are some of the things that I am lucky enough to have been able to experience during these first several days in London. Now, I'm going to have more for you next week, and I will tell you that I'm going to try something new and have a video that goes along with the podcast. So, of course, I'll put that on YouTube, but there will actually be something to see if you watch on YouTube. I'm going to have some of the images from pictures I've taken. So, if you want to listen, it's going to be great, and I'll explore everything and explain and describe But it might be fun to try it on YouTube next week and get a chance to see some of the places I've been and some of the things I'm talking about. Also, a big thank you shout out to my patrons. And if you're thinking of becoming a patron, this might be a great time because I will be making some special patron videos with some short clips and some extra images from this trip, some of the research and and some of the things I've been doing and seeing. So I want to be able to share that with patrons as well. So if you've been on the fence about that, this might be just a great time to join our Royals, Rebels, and Romantics patron family. But thank you so much for joining me for this short but hopefully sweet um, little trip through London. And I am thrilled to be shaking up history with you.